February is Heart Health Month. There's no better time to focus on heart-healthy habits like eating more dark chocolate, groundbreaking results from Harvard's massive Cosmos study on cocoa flavanols show a 39% reduction in the risk of cardiovascular death among participants consuming cocoa flavanols daily. I search high and low for cocoa products that deliver meaningful amounts of healthful flavanols with great flavor and minimal sugar. I'm thrilled to have found Flava Naturals. Flavor Naturals Performance Dark Chocolate Bars and Cocoa Powder deliver five to nine times the flavanols of typical dark chocolate. Their secret is sourcing premium, high flavanol cocoa beans and processing them naturally. The result is decadent dark chocolate with the flavanol levels needed to help improve your blood pressure and cholesterol levels, possibly reduce your chance of heart attack and stroke. I use it every day. To order, just go to flavanaturals.com. That's flavanaturals.com. There you'll find details on Harvard's Cosmos study and great recipes, too. That's flavanaturals.com. Welcome to Intelligent Medicine. I'm your host, Leila Mudin. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for downloading these podcasts, and I appreciate your questions and topics of interest. You can email me to questions at drhoffman.net. That is questions at drhoffman.net. A topic that has been on my mind recently but more so recently, I'm talking over the last several months, maybe even a year, I am witnessing more and more people with inflammatory bowel disease, IBD, inflammatory bowel disease. What is that? We're talking about Crohn's disease, and we're talking about ulcerative colitis, ulcerative proctitis. These are autoimmune diseases. We're seeing more and more of this, and I'm wondering what may be going on. You've heard me talk about autoimmune disease before. We're we're seeing more and more of it, but I'm talking specifically now about the gut. Now, there is a study from the journal Gut, and I'm going to just give you a little overview of it, but then I'm going to delve into the things that may be happening And why I find it quite concerning that I'm seeing more and more inflammatory bowel disease. Maintaining a healthy lifestyle might prevent up to 60% of inflammatory bowel disease cases. They say that adopting and maintaining a healthy lifestyle might prevent up to 60% of IBD, Crohn's, and ulcerative colitis. And this is a large observational international study. And this was published online in the journal Gut. What a great journal, Gut. So the findings prompt the study authors to suggest that, subject to further research, because this is an observational study, it's not cause and effect, right? It's not a randomized control trial, double-blinded. It's not anything like that. So... The findings prompt the study authors to suggest that and subject to further research, particularly in those at high risk of developing these conditions, lifestyle changes may be a feasible option. 
for future prevention strategies. Inflammatory bowel disease affects an estimated 3 million adults in the U.S. and another 1.3 million in Europe. And diagnoses have been increasing, particularly in newly industrialized countries. Again, like I said, I'm seeing more and more of this in my practice, in my practice with Dr. Ronald Hoffman as well. So previously published research has linked IBD risk with several lifestyle factors, but it's not clear if adopting and maintaining a healthy lifestyle might lower the risk of developing the condition in the first place. Yeah, it's not clear because this is an observational study. I can draw on my own case studies that many things can help. So to find out, the researchers, they drew on participant data from the nurse's health study and the health professional's follow-up study. So the nurse's health study, you know about this study, it's, it's a popular one, enrolled one, 121,700 female nurses, age 30 to 55, from 11 U.S. states in 1976, while the health professionals follow-up study, which was established in 1989, monitored 116,429 female nurses, age 25 to 42, from 15 states. The other studies they looked at included 51,529 male doctors, ages 40 to 75, from across the U.S. in 1986. So the researchers created these modifiable risk factor scores for each participant based on established modifiable risk factors for IBD to estimate the proportion of inflammatory bowel disease cases that could have been avoided. These risk factors included smoking, body mass index, the use of NSAIDs, that's non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, physical activity levels, daily intake of vegetables, fruit, fiber, polyunsaturated fatty acids, and red meat. So a healthy lifestyle comprised a BMI, a body mass index of between 18 and a half and 25, because at 25 or more, more, uh, uh, more strictly 24.9, you're at the, you're at the, uh, uh, you're at the precipice of, uh, uh overweight. Um, never smoking. That would be a healthy lifestyle. Never smoking and physical activity, at least several daily servings of fruits and vegetables, about 25 grams of fiber a day, at least two servings of fish, at least half a daily serving of nuts and seeds, and a maximum of one alcoholic drink a day for women and two for men. Well, we could do away with the alcohol. It's not great, especially if you're in a flare with inflammatory bowel disease. They also talk about less than half a daily serving of red meat. Unfortunately, they're barking up the wrong tree on that. 
but I'm going to get d- dive more into that uh, in this podcast. So what they found based on these scores, uh, the researchers estimated that 43 and 44.5% respectively of Crohn's and ulcerative colitis could have been prevented. And similarly, maintaining a healthy lifestyle could have prevented 61% of Crohn's disease cases and 42% of ulcerative colitis cases. So this is very, very interesting. And again, this is an observational study. And as such, it can't establish cause. And the researchers acknowledge that the average age at which IBD was diagnosed was older than is typical. Nor were early lifestyle factors considered that may have been influential. These include antibiotic prescriptions, and that's a big one. If you have a history of taking a lot of antibiotics, you know that changes your microbiome significantly and not for the healthier, unfortunately. Breastfeeding, environmental factors such as pollution, stress, socioeconomic factors, and, quote, a key assumption of our findings is that the relationship between lifestyle factors and IBD development is causal. Though this is yet to be established, several lines of evidence support the critical role of environmental and lifestyle factors in the development of IBD. And lifestyle modification may be an attractive target for future prevention strategies in IBD. This may be of particular relevance to high-risk groups such as first-degree relatives of IBD patients who have an estimated 2 to 17% risk of developing the disease over their lifetime. Now, I want to tell you my concerns of, and of seeing more and more. If you recall... If you download these podcasts regularly, you'll recall a couple of weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, that I talked about these color lakes and that this red dye color, particularly from Allure Red, right, that are used in the coloring of many of our foods, more so here than in Europe. Uh, This may be a contributor to inflammation in the gut and a possible cause or exacerbation of inflammatory bowel disease. This is important to note because we're seeing these, we're seeing emulsifiers, additives, preservatives that are in a lot of our newer foods, a lot of new formulations. I'm talking about your protein shake. I'm talking about your protein bar. I'm talking about your other food products that are based on convenience rather than health, which is unfortunate. Everybody's looking for convenience. What really needs to happen is people need to learn to cook. They need to learn to cook. They need to spend more time in the kitchen preparing their food rather than relying on convenience because you don't know what you're getting at the restaurant. You don't know what you're getting when you order takeout. You don't know what you're getting 
when you're going up to the deli counter and getting their grilled chicken and their particular salads rather than making it yourself. You don't know what you're getting at your lunchtime salad bar during the work weekday. And I will tell you myself, I've seen patients come in as recently as yesterday who are taking a protein shake that they believe to be really, really good, and it's plant-based, which has some virtue attached to that. It's plant-based. Well, when I go to look at the ingredients during my consult with them, I see that it's loaded with gums like a gelin gum. Do you remember carrageenan, that seaweed product that's been used as like maybe a stabilizer, a filler, something for texture in many food products, processed food products? Well, we found out that carrageenan is not great for the gut at all. It does promote inflammation. So they got rid of that, the food industry did, but they replaced it with something called gelin gum. G-E-L-L-A-N. And I'm seeing this everywhere now. I'm seeing this in certain formulation, certain formulations of even yogurt. I'm definitely seeing it in almond milk. Those of you who are allergic to dairy or avoid dairy for other reasons, and you're drinking almond milk, you need to get the best quality of almond milk, where the ingredients are only almonds and water. A lot of these contain gel and gum, guar gum, I know guar gum is allowed if you're on a gluten-free diet. However, guar gum is not allowed if you have IBD, inflammatory bowel disease. So I'm finding these particular ingredients in a lot of new uh, shakes, protein shakes, bars, meat substitutes, other types of uh, flavorings for foods, spices and flavorings. And I find this all very concerning because this may be causing or, or exacerbating IBD in the population. Now, there are other things to look for. First of all, the gold standard eating plan, the diet that I've administered for IBD that I found the best results with is the specific carbohydrate diet. And I also want to make mention the, the book Breaking the Vicious Cycle by the late Elaine Gottschall. She passed away several years ago. Breaking the Vicious Cycle is the go-to book for the specific carbohydrate diet. Now, there, there, there is also a website breakingtheviciouscycle.info. This is part of a resource, resource handout that I would give my patients. Well, apparently that website went defunct for a little while. It was breakingtheviciouscycle.info. And I'm very pleased to report that it is back online and it looks even better than ever. It navigates really, really well. That is breakingtheviciouscycle.info. And I remember back several months ago, a patient brought to my attention, hey, Layla, breakingtheviciouscycle.info is not working, is not working at all. So time to change up my resources. And I was looked and I was, I looked, I was very disappointed. But here we are, it's back online. It is back online. So that's all good news. Now, 
other things to avoid with inflammatory bowel disease are low microparticles. What are they? The most common dietary microparticles, titanium dioxide, aluminosilicates, anatase, calcium phosphate. These microparticles may be found in your toothpaste. They may be found in your mouthwash. They may be found in ready-made meals like frozen foods, in TV dinners, in complete microwave meals, in processed meats and fish, and in egg substitutes. I'll repeat them again. These are the most common. Titanium dioxide, aluminosilicates, anatase, and calcium phosphate. So these are also found in tea and coffee whiteners, these non-dairy creamers. You will find these microparticles there in flavored milk products, in processed cheeses. You will find those. So you want to be careful. You also want to check your over-the-counter pharmacy products. You want to check your supplements to make sure they don't contain these microparticles. Titanium dioxide is definitely not allowed. Vegetable gums are not allowed. Right? There are no gums that are allowed. They are all illegal on the specific carbohydrate diet, as is guar gum, which I mentioned a little while ago. Even fructooligosaccharides, FOS, these are also illegal, right? There's a wonderful list. If you go to breakingthevicioucycle.info, the legal illegal list, it's many, many pages long. It's almost 30 pages long where it goes through groups of foods, you know, foods. It's a big food list in alphabetical order. And it tells you what's legal and what's illegal. And it tells you why. It tells you why. So, and it tells you the differences. For example, dates are legal, but date syrup is not. It's not recommended, right? So these are things to keep in mind. Food colorings, and again, a lot of, a lot of you are using protein shakes. You're using detox kits that may contain some of these ingredients that may be doing you more harm than good. You don't want to self-administer these things. You want to become an ingredient sleuth. This is critically important if you have IBD or if you have any gastrointestinal issues at all. So, and are you using NSAIDs regularly? Are you using that Motrin, Advil, aspirin? Aleve, which is naproxen, are you using any of these? These are putting you at higher risk for IBD and leaky gut. It loosens up those tight junctions in the GI tract. This is not a good thing. Another very important thing to do if you have inflammatory bowel disease is removing all of your food allergy foods. You want to avoid all of that, all of your processed food as well, food allergy foods. If you know you're allergic to certain nuts, or if you know you're allergic to certain fish 
or certain fruits even, anything like that, maybe strawberries, you need to eliminate them. Because if you continue eating the, fo the foods you're allergic to, whether it's an IgE-mediated uh, antibody, which is um, an immediate response, say you're breaking out in hives eating strawberries or peanuts or something, you need to remove that. Or if you've been diagnosed with more stealthy IgG-mediated food allergies, it's very important to eliminate these because all of these are a source of inflammation. Remember that. Remo removing all of that, you want to calm down. You want to calm down the inflammation in your gut. So always is the process of elimination in anybody with IBD, ulcerative colitis, ulcerative proctitis, Crohn's disease, even intractable diarrhea, right? You want to eliminate, eliminate, eliminate. Check all the ingredients in your medicines, in your over-the-counters, in your supplements if you're getting them, you know, from the CVS or anywhere like in oh, Amazon. Please don't do that. Full script is so much better. Okay. So these are my concerns. New patients are coming and say, oh, I found this great protein shake. I love it. It's great. I use this bar every day. You know, a lot of these also contain sweeteners like stevia, like other artificial sweeteners as well. You don't want aspartame. You don't want regular sugar. Sugar is a problem in any inflammatory bowel disease. So these are my concerns. These are my concerns. I want to thank you for joining me on another edition of Layla Ways In here on Intelligent Medicine. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.